This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. Due to the explicit nature of this song, this Taylor Talk episode is rated M for mature. Ooh. <laughs> hey guys, and welcome to episode 203 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name is Adam. I'm Diane. And I'm Steve. How are you guys doing this week? Good. good. How about How are you? you? Good, good. So we're here to talk about... I did something bad. Yes. But it felt good. So we're going to get to that song in just a few minutes. Couple things to cover. First, let's hear about our sponsor for this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Love Pop, the creator of 3D laser cut cards for all occasions, including some phenomenal holiday designs. Unlock special pricing for five or more cards and get free shipping on any order by going to lovepop.com slash taylortalk. Again, that's lovepop.com slash taylortalk. All right, one last thing before we get to the song itself. A quick little follow-up on the previous episode. We had a little debate slash discussion going on Ed Sheeran's verse of Endgame, where at the end he says, with four words on the tip of my tongue, I'll never say it. And the question was, what were those four words? We had different theories. One, of course, was, will you marry me? Another one was, I love you too. So I said I would put it out into the social media world, um, let people discuss and decide and poll everybody. So um, what's interesting is the results were actually flipped between Twitter and Facebook. On Twitter, 60% of you said, I love you too, while only 40% said the four words are, will you marry me? On Facebook, however, 52% said, will you marry me? We're only 48% said, I love you too. That is fascinating. I like our Twitter people better. I like our Facebook people better. Ooh. I'll let you two fight that out later. Um, <laughs> except on, those are pretty close to tell, right? I mean, it's not that much of a spread. Can, can we have a recount on Facebook? And can I we feel also talk that about was... how many people participated in this poll? Because I have a feeling. The, the number was greater on Twitter number was greater on Twitter? Yeah. It was like three okay. or four times more people so on that Twitter. Means, so that means more people are just wrong. Well, it, oh. <laughs> <laughs> really? Here's, here's the thing. I may have accidentally added some sort of bias to the poll, and it was purely out of experimentation in that the options on Twitter, I listed I love you too first and will you marry me as the second option. On Facebook, I listed Will You Marry Me as the first option mm. and I Love You Too as the second so option. So people just pick the first one they see and don't even think about it and then move on with their life. Potentially. Wow, wow Adam, you did something bad. But it felt so good! Take those <laughs> survey polls seriously, people. What are they thinking? Alrighty, getting into the song then? Yep. Let's do Alrighty. it. Let's get into the song. There's a lot to go into with this song. Um, really, really enjoy the song, but before we even get into the nitty-gritty of it, uh, what do you guys kind of feel is the overall theme here? What's it about? That was something that I was trying to figure out this week. Um, I think it's Taylor Swift trying to take back her... I don't know. Because it could have to do with men she has seen in her life, or it could have to do with the media, or it could have to do with all of them. But overall, I think it's pretty much saying like i don't know adam I'm, I'm having issues with it you're struggling huh I'm, I'm steve struggling do you have any thoughts it's difficult uh, no but i think uh diane's kind of right on that the actual kind of the character 
of this is not 100% easy to define. Yeah. You know, is it the media? Is it past loves? Is it something completely different? I don't know. Well, I mean, you're looking at the character. To me, the overall theme is um, spreading rumors and how that impacts one's reputation. Because remember, the overarching theme of the album is reputation, hence its name, right? Right. But mm-hmm. in but here, I, I don't think she seems upset about it. It's almost like she's calling people out in a way or like saying that she's actually the one that's in charge of what happens to her. Possibly. But I think it's just showing the overall impact of different perspectives on w- any given incident or any given event. Yeah. So that's kind of my thought on it. Um, getting into the song itself, you know, I, I really, really like the way it was written lyrically because it uses um, a literary device called antithesis, which is something that Taylor has used in the past. What it what it is, is it places opposite ideas near one another, near one another, sometimes next directly next to one another to create a contrast of sorts. Right. And then that contrast is what places emphasis on um, each of those individual ideas, right? So first time I ever really noticed her using it, uh, in my head anyway, was in All Too Well, actually, where she has these concepts like, I might be okay, but I'm not fine at all. She says, you tell me about your past thinking your future was me, where she's contrasting the past and the future to place emphasis on either point. It's interesting. So um, with this song, I see that in use a lot, again, within her lyrics, right? And you've got right from the beginning, it, it opens up with, I never trust a narcissist, but they love me, right? So you think of a narcissist as someone who really loves themselves. And yet Taylor in this song is saying that these people love her, so then is she the narcissist? Mm. <laughs> it's interesting you said that, I just actually. I think that's an interesting phrase. I, I'm really glad you brought that up, like, is she the narcissist? Because I came across an article that I kind of wanted to uh, refute, and it's kind of related to this song. And it was an article that was arguing that Taylor is actually more narcissistic than Kanye himself. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> well, we'll argue that in a sec. But the the main argument in this article is the fact that within Reputation, um, Taylor mentions herself one out of every ten words or something like mm. that. They went through all the lyrics and saw that she says something about herself one out of every ten words where Kanye, none of his albums um, have that level of frequency of mentioning himself. One comes very close. I forgot which one, but it was like one out of every nine words or something like that. But the thing is, is I kind of want to counter that point because this album is called Reputation. She was never saying it wasn't about her. Mm-hmm. The, the album is intended to be about her where Kanye, I think, just sings about himself because he does. Well, well, I well think Adam, did, sorry. Oh, sorry, Steve, go ahead. <laughs> um, one of the things that I was concerned about this album when it was going to be coming out was was mainly, was it going to be too preachy? You know what I mean? I, I kind of felt that there was a chance that that could happen where it's more of her saying, you know, this is the way things should be. This is what I'm seeing and all that. But it's not really that way, which is, which is much more enjoyable as mm-hmm. it is. Well, I don't think she, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think she, uh, hmm. 
I don't know, Adam. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> you stumped Diane. Uh, yeah, I, oh, I don't know. Boy, sorry. You know, I'll, just, next time, just... I'll let you go first, Diane. So it's you okay. Don't, don't worry. Don't forget your thought. Forget. It was just food for thought, really. That article, um, and really because she is mentioned in it, I don't think that proves any level of narcissism, which, you know, of course, is is sort of an attribute of people who have this excessive need for admiration. Although I feel like every celebrity is narcissistic to an extent. <laughs> They I think they would kind of have them. to be. That's like part of the job. You have to sell yourself to make money. Yeah. But anyway, getting back into the lyrics themselves, because that's kind of what we're here to discuss, right? Her mm-hmm. use of the word narcissist, I think, was interesting because she's saying, I never trust a narcissist, but they love me. And, you know, like we were talking about, the overall theme of this album is sort of how one's reputation is crafted and things like that. And again to counter that article i don't think this album is actually just about taylor even though she does sing about herself through the lyrics and she wrote about herself through the lyrics but this is also describing other people's reputations as well Mm -hmm. Hmm. so that was that was something i thought was kind of interesting um you know about her use of the word narcissist is just how you know other people are interpreted by the general public other celebrities other people in sort of that area that we will never know what it's like to be a part of that's fine i don't need to know (laughs) (laughs) so um you know so so right from the get-go you can see the song you know has a lot of punch right just from the very first line it goes on to say so i play him like a violin and i make it look oh so easy in my mind that's showing those sort of contrasting concepts again because you've got making it look easy with violin which a lot of people think is the most difficult instrument to learn so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but the phrase itself though you know it's to control and manipulate someone you know control emotions that kind of stuff right right exactly um but that's why i think she chose the instrument violin like why doesn't she say i play him like a guitar or play him like because because it's a phrase it's actually if you google it you'll find that phrase actually used a lot of places Yeah, a cliche. Thank you. No problem. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> All right. Because um, <laughs> for every lie I tell them, they tell me three. This is how the world works. Now all he thinks about is me. Thoughts? I'm, try- I'm trying to think of what, what the lies there. Like, for every lie is- I tell them, they tell me three. This is how the world works. That's so sad that that's how her world works. It's like she thinks that people lie to her all the time and she lies to them. And it's just this whole game of trying to win in a way. A game. I love that. I I love that sort of alignment between life and a game because just hold that thought. Okay, I'll mm-hmm. hold it. Hold that thought as we keep as we keep going. <laughs> as we keep going. So, um, for every lie I tell them, they tell me three. This is how the world works. Now all he thinks about is me. Uh, that's sort of changing the perspective of the narcissist, isn't it? Someone that would think about themselves, um, you know, now thinking about her. Because they love her, obviously. <laughs> is that why? Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. she said in the first line, Adam. Go back. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Anyway. So, so you've got the little pre-chorus here, right? I can feel the flames on my skin. I absolutely love that line. It's really, really sort of punchy, and it sort of implies this sort of impending doom mm-hmm. that's coming. It's like, 
here's where it comes. And then obviously, you know, later in the song, we, we'll talk about burning witches and wizards. And, or witches just, and wizards. Just only, witches. Only oh my witches. Goodness. There are I, no I'm, wizards being burnt here. My, my, my mind is in Harry Potter land. Um, <laughs> but no, we'll talk about that later. But I, I think that's sort of the impending burning, right? You've got, I can feel the flames on my skin. It's like they're coming. They're coming to get you, these evil, evil people and these evil rumors. It couldn't even doesn't even necessarily just have to be a they as a person. It could also be a thing, as mm-hmm. in rumors, coming to get you. Yes? Yes. Sure. You guys are boring me right now. No. We're listening to you. Keep Why are you talking? listening to me? Talk. Because <laughs> I'm enjoying what you have to say, as are the listeners. So, Adam, keep going. Fine. So, it goes into crimson red paint on my lips. Um what do you guys think is the impact of her word choice they're using crimson to describe the red it's a better word to use than just say red lips like crimson red paint on my lips i mean that kind of makes you think of blood in a way yes um and that contributes to the fact that there's some sort of like impending doom or some being bad's gonna happen <laughs> i think it's really consistent with the tone of the previous line right like i can feel the flames on my skin mm-hmm. crimson like you said it kind of reminds you of blood it's like well, well it's it's She's funny about that uh diane you you hit the nail on the head there because like previously with some of these words throwing them into the dictionary.com to get an answer uh-huh. has really helped out and Aww. really the second definition is sanguinary which is characterized as bloodshed. Yeah. So really, that's really what the second definition is. So mm-hmm. you're 100% right. Well, I think it's also important, too, to look at the fact that, um, you know, this is really what makes Taylor such a quality songwriter is nothing is accidental, I don't think. I think no. she's very meticulous with her word choice. Especially in this song. There's a lot going on here. There is a lot going on in this song. So um, after that part is is the big line. Everybody loves this one because it did something to completely change, dare I say, Taylor's reputation. Taylor said a bad word. Ooh. She did. She said, if a man talks shit, then I owe him nothing. I don't regret it one bit because he had it coming. So the impact of her using a naughty word now let's be real and let's let's throw it out there this is not the first swear word taylor swift has ever said it's just the first one she's included in her music because she's what almost like 28 years old she's fine <laughs> yeah so up until this point and again the whole larger theme of reputations and how they're crafted her earlier reputation is this pristine good girl. um america's what, what are they called? america's sweetheart thing the the curly hair and the sundress and cowgirl boots and you know that's a thing of the past now we're starting to see a little bit about a little bit more of who she really is as a person i think and so i think that her use of the word shit there in, in a swear word is is less to create shock. that shock factor mm-hmm. and more to place Oh gosh, I had this in well, my head. Well, she is upset. She's 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 mad. So people like she is, she is just trying to communicate how up, how upset she is. And so I think here that makes sense. Like she's just not saying the word shit just to say the word and shock people. She's using it because she's upset and she doesn't want these people to talk shit about her. 
just kind that, of for the tone of it, I guess. Yeah. There we go. That's that's a good word there. The, the tone. It adjusts the tone, and it it really puts us in her mindset mm-hmm. as so, a writer. So so something of this being a bad word. The thing that's very confusing to me is both on Spotify and iTunes, the song is not marked as explicit. Um, there probably would have to be an f bomb for it to be explicit, or maybe, um, one swear word doesn't count. I don't or, know. I don't know what the rule is. On yeah, that. I, I don't either. Or they just assume, oh, it's Taylor Swift. Like she's not gonna drop the word shit in a song, so <laughs> we're not gonna bother. I don't know. I don't know what the regulations are on iTunes. Because what's interesting, Steve, is with podcasts anyway, you know, it's self-regulated. We, as the producers of this podcast, would have to actually indicate that this episode is explicit if we wanted to. Otherwise, it goes in without the explicit labeling. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know, maybe it was an oversight. Like, nobody in, in the authority position thought it justified being listed well, as explicit. can you imagine what would happen if a, like... If, like, if this song did have that little box on it that would say that, like, people would go crazy. And again, I don't yeah. think that was intended to be the impact of her using that no. word. Hmm. I don't think so. So um, it, it continues on. I don't regret it one bit because he had it coming. Okay, what is it? I don't regret it one bit because he had it Well, because it, it rhymes with doing. you know what. Well, yes, I know, because it rhymes with that, but what is this pronoun for? Like, what is she referring to? Like, I don't regret doing something bad, but what, but what is the bad thing that she did? But that's well, the that's, thing that I'm trying to figure out in the song. That's part of the thing, is I don't think she ever did something bad, and we can talk about that more when we get to the chorus where she actually talks about that, but I don't think there is something, because she's saying, they say I did something bad. Okay, well, what's the thing that they say she did that was bad? Lied. Lied, or lied and trying to ruin someone else's reputation in this case kanye's but he does a great job of that by himself i don't think this song's about kanye west though i think i I think it's a hybrid i i I think it's about calvin harris and tom but oh well Uh, i don't think so and i'll tell you why towards the end okay but anyway um her her choice of the word regret there i don't regret it one bit because he had it coming i think that was an interesting emotion for her to portray um because she obviously had this downtime where she was away for quite a while, right? And disappeared, now came back, and is very, very strong. And so I wonder if regret is an emotion that, as a writer, it crossed her mind, but then she's like, wait, no, just kidding. Don't regret it at all. Or perhaps the bad thing she did was take a break and be gone for a long time. And she's like, actually, it was nice not to be in the spotlight for very long. Well, since Diane insists on talking about it, let's get to the chorus, shall we? Okay. All right. So they say I did something bad. Then why does it feel so good? Um, they say I did something bad. Why does it feel so good? Most fun I ever had, and I'd do it over and over and over again if I could. It just felt so good. So good. And then there's boom, boom. Good. So <laughs> something I would like to highlight here is that concept of, of that, that device antithesis again, right? Because you're... You've got bad and good right next to each other. And typically something that is bad is not going to feel good, right? Like if you stub your toe, it doesn't feel good. It feels bad. Something that's bad feels bad. That's very, yeah, it's very literal. Well, it is very literal. But the point I'm getting at is is just sort of how those opposites contrast one another to place emphasis on one another. So um, I think you're like, what is this bad thing? But I think 
It's, dare I use the word, juxtaposition. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had to do it. You're such an English teacher right now. You I'm don't not, do though. that anymore. I'm not. Um, only licensed. Uh, I don't I don't like English. Okay. Uh, obviously, you don't because you're, like, tearing this song to shred and using big words like antithesis <laughs> and juxtaposition. Well, it's important to use those words because that's what it describes it as. So, um, <laughs> But here's the thing, right? So you have bad and good contrasting each other. And so I think what that's doing in your head as someone who's reading this these lyrics right now or listening when you're listening to the song is you're getting in your head that there's something really, really bad, but there's really not something really, really bad. You're just thinking that because of its positioning next to the word good, placing so much emphasis on the word bad. Well, it is the perspective. So someone could think whatever this thing was that she did was bad, but she thinks, no, actually, this was a good choice for me. I don't know. That's all I got. No counter. (laughs) I, I do find it interesting, though, that the song is called I Did Something Bad, but the actual line is they say I did something bad, which to me is totally different. That's an entirely different connotation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So what do you I, I, think I, about that, Steve? Like, Where are you going with that is what I'm trying to get to. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, sometimes you try to put only part of a a lyric or whatever the overall theme of a Uh song is and that's what you name the title of it but it's interesting in this case because i don't i think it was very deliberate why they say was taken out of there so they say i did something bad but in the title she just cuts they say so then she says i did something bad which sounds like she's admitting something i think it just makes it punchier it well it definitely makes it draws your attention to it more Right. Yeah, but then she could have just. No, she called it bad. bad it's, that's too close to or bad blood. Something bad, or. Yeah, yeah she could. She bad. could do something bad. I mean, yeah. it, it, there's definitely some. So, so the title doesn't totally match what the song is in a way. But maybe, maybe you know what, Steve? Maybe that's addressing the complexity of what is good and bad, because good and bad are not two black and white concepts, right? They're not. Polar like the opposites cover of each of the other. They're more black and white. No, nothing like that actually. <laughs> but I was simply. I mean, that could be part of, part of what it is. Is she's saying reputation is it's not all, black and white. It's all connected. But stop making me lose my train of thought. Every time you interrupt me, I was I was like onto something here. So I'm saying good and bad are not too um, necessarily completely contrasting co- concepts. They're not necessarily opposite, but more of a sliding scale between what's good and what's bad. And so. Perhaps in the context of reputation, she's saying something bad, like I did something bad, and they say I did something bad, and sort of, uh, what's the word? See, Diane, what happened when you interrupted me? Um, 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 where was I going with this? Like, emphasizes... uh... Emphasizes emotion? No, that's not where I was going. Um, The fact that she's sort of questioning it. She's questioning it. So she's saying, maybe I did do something bad. Well, they're saying I did something bad. Did I do something bad? Maybe I did. But some people think this is bad, but other people don't think it's bad. So it's just sort of of showing the complexity of bad versus good. Those sort of two themes there. Yeah. But, But part of this, and that's what I was just getting at, was it's emotion. The second line is emotion. The feel good is is feel is emotion whereas the first line is doing something 
So I, I kind of find that interesting where it's not that she did something bad that felt good. You know, it's it's the emotion that's involved in the, the feels good no matter what you did. Yeah, that's good. Well, doing bad things does feel good. Depending on what it is. Cool. Yeah. All right. Think, Shall we? Yes, I think we can yes. move on. Keep on going with the chorus? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we already read the whole chorus, but the, 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 well, yeah, let's move on. It's a, Verse two. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd never trust a playboy, but they love me. Again, I'm seeing contrasting ideas here because a playboy doesn't love someone. They, they're, they're a playboy, right? They love the attention. Um, they love having a lot of girls. So it aligns with the narcissism from the it above does. verse, from the previous verse. Um, so you've got those contrasting ideas. So I fly them all around the world and I let them think they saved me. This reminds me of Tom because they went to Rome, they went to Australia. They were all over the place in that uh, time they were together. But why exactly is the character we'll call Taylor playing the other character like that? What do you mean playing the other character like that? Well, you've got up at the top, I play him like a violin, and now in this one, I fly him all around the world and let them think they saved me. I mean, is this is this the thing that's bad? Is that while being played, she was also playing them, or? But why didn't she use the word player? Because Playboy sounds better. I, n- I never trust a player. That just doesn't sound as good. Yeah, I think that was just for the sound, for the flow. Maybe. It is, it is the same type of meaning, basically. And playboy implies that they're maybe like immature because she's using the word boy instead of yeah that's good that's a good point Mm -hmm. so what i think is important to point out in this verse is um you know the second half of it where she says they never see it coming what i do next this is how the world works you got to leave before you get left and i think this really closely ties in to a theme that taylor has addressed in many many songs throughout the years across different albums and that's that love is a game or dare i say it's a ruthless game oh, i went there didn't i state of grace um, reference it was so here's the thing so they never see it coming what i do next i see that as another chess reference because you know one of the things we're trying to figure out and steve you're on your own path diane and i've heard the whole album you're mm-hmm. you're playing a different game where you're <laughs> different game where you're listening to the songs one at a time as we analyze them, looking for maybe a common concept across all the songs, right? Mm-hmm. Now, yep. last week we were talking about Endgame, which was, uh, you know, the second song on the album. Mm-hmm. This is I Did Something Bad. We're now on to the third one. And one of the things we talked about last week with Endgame was right at the beginning, the fact that Endgame is a phrase that came from chess, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's what's your endgame? It's your strategy, playing in chess and so they never see it coming what i do next i see that as another chess reference now and she the game of chess is sort of a metaphor for the game of love that she talks about all the time Mm -hmm. so what's her game she makes them think that that uh, i don't know well that's the thing what's her what's her end game now What's her end game? I and I think we it hit it last like week. It's I like think the end game was preservation in this song, or she wants to like protect herself because she says that you have to leave. Um, so I mean, it sounds like she's trying to protect herself from being hurt again. Well, you got to leave before you get up. left. That is her move in this chess game. Mm-hmm. Where the end game, I think we 
did we decide last week or last episode? I should say it was a couple weeks ago. Um, did we decide that the end game was finding the right person and connecting yeah. with the right person? Yeah. So this, I guess, is one of those chess moves: is you got to leave before you get left. So it's moving on from one person at the right time in an effort to move towards the right person. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's just what I thought. <laughs> Anyway, um, going on with the song, right? You've got, I can feel the flames on my skin. He says, don't throw away a good thing. If he drops my name, then I owe him nothing. And if he spends my change, then he had it coming. So it That's my favorite way. line. What? Uh, that, that, that last line is my favorite line of the song. Because I'm still trying to figure out exactly what the heck that is. Well, he it, spends my I money. Mean, on a literal surface, yeah. It's if he spends my money, then he had it coming. Um you know, if I had to guess, based on Diane's theory that this is sort of going off of Calvin Harris, it could have to do with the fact that she did not officially get songwriter credit on, what's that song called? The um, one, um, Came that, For? The, yeah, This Is What, what We came, came For. This Is What uh, You Came what For. What You Came For, whatever, that song. You know, which she obviously co-wrote under a pseudonym, which I can't pronounce because it's a foreign name, um, but she co-wrote it under a pseudonym, and I would think that perhaps she didn't necessarily get a full cut of what a songwriter should have on that song. I don't know if that's true or not. That's just that's just that's just a theory. Yeah, but I, that I guess explain. that makes a little more sense after reading the previous line. I think that's really you have to read those two together to really mm-hmm. get that out of it. But if he drops my name, then I owe him nothing. And if he spends so, my change, then I, I see what you're saying, because it did come out that she was the co-writer. So that dropped her name. And I would imagine that increased the popularity of the song, which increased the sales of that particular but, song. Hold on. If he drops my name, then I owe him nothing. What does that mean? Because didn't he not say that she was involved with the song at first? So didn't he like drop her name from giving her credit? Like not saying no no name? dropping names like saying someone's name, so if he's dropping the name, then it's like yeah Taylor Swift co-wrote this song. But that's that not would be dropping no, I, her I name. see how I see how Taylor or Taylor Diane. Yes, <laughs> call me Taylor Swift. <laughs> no, I see how Diane is interpreting um, that line a little bit differently because you know when you're looking at it in two different ways. I saw it the way you did, Steve, name dropping, right? Mm-hmm. But that's but a it could cliche be also that she's switching, maybe. Dropping the name off of the track, the co-writers. Hmm. Even though her name was on there, though, it was just not her real name. So that's kind of where I'm confused. Like, if she didn't want her real name on there, isn't it okay for him not to say her name out loud because her name wasn't on there? I, I, I didn't understand that whole drama beef. Someone should explain it to me later. <laughs> well, I just, uh, now that you said that, Diane, I, my, I've got the gears turning in my head right now about this, dropping my name. Because um, I wonder now if it all ties in with the narcissist thing and the, oh, man. He okay, does take so- a lot of pictures of himself on Instagram. Granted, he's a very attractive underwear model. But I mean, there's there's a lot of photos of him, so he obviously might, you know. But that's not what I'm getting the way at. He looks. I I wonder now if it was his decision to drop her name off of the writing credits, and he somehow convinced her oh. because he was being narcissistic. Like, I want this song to be about me, not my more famous than me girlfriend. Hmm. Yeah, I never <laughs> thought of this. Totally uh-huh. possible. Uh-huh. I thought she just did it because she was trying to see if the name. If that's 
you know, like if she could write a song and, and, and like have that song be good without her name on it, you know, like kind her of name like attached to it. Yeah, yeah no. Be, and do you know why is context? Because the context you have that in is J.K. Rowling writing under the pseudonym Robert Galbraith. Exactly. Because that is exactly what J.K. Rowling did. But J.K. Rowling is not your typical celebrity. She's much more humble and not narcissistic <laughs> okay so adam um, just called taylor swift not humble oh she's not humble <laughs> but like that doesn't mean i don't like her as a, as a writer as a singer as a performer that doesn't mean i dislike her but i mean she's certainly not humble i'm i'm you know oh, and man, if here i we go no if, hate mail? no no it's not hate it's if i had her accomplishments i would probably be pretty proud of myself also but i mean that's not to say that she's a humble person that's and, true like, you're not implying she's a bad person no i'm not implying she's a bad person i'm simply saying that she is proud of what she has done and anybody in her position would be that's all i'm saying okay all right so let's uh take a quick break here to learn a little bit more about our sponsor episode 203 of taylor talk is brought to you by love pop Love Pops are more than cards. They're unforgettable gifts that you can send in an envelope. Each one is laser cut, hand assembled, and designed to surprise and delight. The purpose of every Love Pop is to create a moment of connection between you and the people you care about. We hope Love Pop can help you share the joy of the holiday season with your friends and family this year. So I first encountered Love Pop when I saw the creators make an appearance and pitch it on Shark Tank, which is like one of my favorite shows ever, a few years ago. And I seriously thought it was the coolest thing ever because what they are are these cards. And when you open them, it's not like a pop-up card that you've seen in the store before. Like these are straight up like origami works of art in a card. And it's like the coolest thing ever. So, you know, more recently, Diane and I attended the Billboard Awards back in May. They were here in Vegas. And Love Pop made an appearance because they partnered with Billboard and they made 3D pop-up cards for all the winner cards. So when they announced the winners at the Billboard Awards, for anyone that was watching, those were Love Pop cards. So that's super cool. Um, now, I just got a, a few of them that I, I was looking through and, and was going to give one. I'll, I'll give one to Diane on the air so you guys get a live reaction. It's going to be really cool. I'm wondering um, what it's going to look like. Here but, we go. <laughs> but um, a couple of them that I have, I'll describe the other ones first. You know, I've got one that is a gingerbread house and it's really cool because it's got like just a flat gingerbread house on the cover on the front it looks like a normal card and then you open it up and the thing pops and it's just this intricately designed gingerbread house that sits flat on this sort of candy cane lane and it's really really cool because it's something you can actually like leave on a counter as a decoration like these these serve as holiday decorations it's super cool so that's one of them Another one I've got that kind of reminds me of Harry Potter, speaking of Harry Potter, of course, you open it up and it's got a, a 3D origami of a, a snow owl um, sitting on some, some branches in the snow. And again, it's like a whole scenery in a card. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. Um, it's probably the coolest thing I've ever seen. So here it goes. I'm, I'm going to uh, hand Diane one of these cards now and you're going to you're going to hear a reaction. Okay, so here we go. Hopefully it doesn't like bite me or anything. It's not going to bite you. But from the outside, it looks like a pretty good quality uh, quality card. So here we go. I'm going to open it. Oh, my God. That's so cute. <laughs> that's adorable. So the one I just gave Diane, um, because Diane's always obsessing over Christmas trees. I love Christmas trees. So this one is a Christmas tree 
pop-up and it has a star around it and it's got this like little like town behind it so it has a whole pop-up town that pops up behind it it's the coolest thing so like i said you could really truly flatten this out and put it on a counter as a holiday decoration this is so cute do I have to give this back to you? Can I keep it? No, it's yours. Oh, good. Okay. Thank it's yours. you. Um, so again, these are these are super, super cool. And I'm sure that you can get one for someone. You'll find someone in your life to give one to. So um, please head to lovepop.com slash Taylor Talk to unlock special pricing for five or more cards and free shipping because nothing beats free shipping, right? So treat someone special to literally the coolest card they will ever get by heading to lovepop.com slash talk. Again, that's lovepop.com slash talk. Thank you, Love Pop, for supporting the show. Thank you. All right, back to the episode, back to the song. Um, I really like this upcoming verse. I think there is so much to it, right? It's We've the got bridge. It's the bridge. The bridge. Sorry, I don't know these technical terms. It's written on the lyric <laughs> sheet that we looked at on our document oh fine whatever (laughs) all right so they're burning all the witches even if you aren't one they got their pitchforks and proof their receipts and reasons they're burning all the witches even if you aren't one so light me up let me up light me up let me up and so on from there (laughs) go ahead and light me up all right let's talk about this because this part's kind of awesome well first off diane that receipts and reasons that is what i was alluding to that earlier in the episode with kimmy directly yes, that that is and that's why i said that potentially this album is not about taylor necessarily but it's about reputations and how they form or it's about things that people have done to taylor in which case it's still about taylor swift now who's calling taylor the narcissist i'm not call- i'm just saying <laughs> all right so let's talk about this section of the song as a whole right it's obviously a very clear allusion to the salem witch trials um you know which were a historical time when people were burning others at the stake believing that they were witches like quite literally burning not burning in the way that taylor's talking Wasn't about that, in the song was that 1600s something like that okay Anyway, so the thing about the Salem witch trials is it was a time that was marked by hysteria and has inspired a lot of literature, not just Taylor's writing, obviously, but there are a ton of different um, pieces of literature that were inspired by that particular moment. And I think looking at that larger theme, that inspiration of mass hysteria, I think is interesting because like Diane said, Receipts and Reasons direct um, reference to the Kimye incident, and and specifically one incident, which is the videos, right, Mm -hmm. that uh, Kim put together these clips of Taylor and Kanye on the phone and and those nonsense clips, right? And then the hysteria that ensued as a result of those videos. Yeah. Right? So that's showing the impact of lies because I think those videos were lies, now you're arguing like, oh, you can't lie with a video. Yes, you can if you well, it was take it out of clipped. context. It was clipped together, so we don't know what the full picture was. So not a lie, but out of context, right? Mm-hmm. So this confuses me a little bit then. Because it, it seems like at least what we're thinking the song's about at different points is not all the same way through. Like if we're you're thinking right. that for this part, the whole, but if he drops my name is when Kanye, the K word, would have dropped her name in his one song that he did there. Because that's the incident we're talking about here. 
further down, right? Yes, no? It but is, she but... never dated Kanye West, though, whereas other parts of the song make it sound like she's in a relationship with somebody. But so that could you... be something different, though, too. You're right, then we would have to figure out kind of what the like overall theme is or the overall what she's trying to say is, because you're right, there are different things happening. But haven't we always talked about how Taylor cleverly uses lyrics quite often to create double meanings of sorts, things that represent multiple potential right but it would have to be like the whole song still has to be about one idea otherwise why is it all together that doesn't make sense then she's off topic like there has to be something that ties them all together so what is it maybe that people say she did bad things in all these times but she doesn't think that those things were bad because she felt like it was a good choice for her. But you're thinking, you're trying to find one particular incident. And I don't think that I'm the, not trying to find one incident. Well, I don't think the song is as disjointed as you're, you're pointing out or thinking it is right now. That's because, what Steve said. Yeah. But you're agreeing. <laughs> um, and I don't think it's necessarily down that path because, yes, it is disjointed. But it's not because if the theme is, in fact, how reputations are formed, they're formed by several different factors in one's life. And they're also formed by several different perspectives because um, wasn't it in the the Taylor's Reputation magazine that she wrote something at the beginning about how our reputation is unique to every single person that we come into contact with because they all know different things about us, something to that effect? Oh, that's true. So one's reputation is formed by multiple seemingly disjointed events throughout one's life. Okay, let's talk about the witches again. <laughs> <laughs> so the witches, well, I just really like the visual of... Um, he likes know, the, the visual of burning witches. No, no. <laughs> well, yes, but because of the emotion that it invokes, right? This sort of hysteria and this these people freaking out. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it interestingly, I don't know if she intended this, but I also see it as alluding closely to the Crucible, which is kind of based around um, the Salem witch trials as well, even though that was meant to represent mccarthyism back in like the whenever that happened 1950s 50s thank you thank you historian um but anyway because in that you have all these different situations where you have um people talking about other people in untrue ways or semi-true ways and the events that happen after that create hysteria and panic and things of that sort in the case of the crucible it was some girls accusing others of you know devil worshiping and nonsense like that and um you know but here's something interesting to pull out of out of the crucible if if this particular section does draw any inspiration from it is the fact that a character in there um john proctor he was able to stop the girls from spreading the rumors if he had come out and said that he was a witch too no yeah right didn't he didn't no. he die at the end no he had well i don't remember that. Sorry, spoiler, spoiler alert, alert. Whoops. i was i was simply <laughs> saying that uh, what i was getting to is that one of the girls sort of that's abigail that spearheads this whole conspiracy and accusing everybody of nonsense things because she had an affair with him. she had an affair with him so the reason he didn't come out and speak out against her and be like she's a liar is because it would have hurt his reputation, reputation. Ooh. um so again it kind of goes into these whole self 
motivation. It's sort of all these different events in one's life and different components of one's life that makes up one's reputation. Cool, but she says they're burning all the witches, even if you aren't one. Who's everybody else? Yeah. The Kimye supporters. No, they, okay, so they are burning. So the yeah. people who like Kimye are, burn, are burning all the witches, even if you aren't one. So that implies that there's more people besides Taylor Swift that are being attacked. Right. Perhaps this is the first time Taylor's actually pulling her fan base into this. Because if you remember what happened online after Kim released those video clips, um, there were a lot of fierce and heated battles online among fans of both fan bases you know it was it was obviously kimye's fan base that uh came up with the whole snake thing which taylor has embraced yeah, yeah, now she's taken it back um which she sort of embraced but at the same time there were these ongoing battles between taylor fans and kimye fans where they were hating on each other and all of a sudden because taylor got called out as a liar a lot of her fans that came to her defense probably also did too. Interesting. Or what about Taylor's, remember at the time her squad was the thing. You know, Taylor was known for her squad, her collective like, of famous friends. Yes. So perhaps they were also dragged into this sort of or, mass or hysteria of accusations. Mm-hmm. But or is it just the general media versus you know celebrity kind of thing? Yeah, it could be also the the they Diane you're looking for could be the media, couldn't it? So the media burns all the witches. The kind of because like TMZ what, and such, you know, exposing the women, the, I think that it kind has of stuff. To do with that. Well, remember what media is motivated by, right? They're motivated by drawing eyeballs to their articles so they could sell advertising space. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not motivated by reporting the truth anymore. There really is very little integrity in journalism now. It's very sad. Um, it is sad. It is sad. Um, there's not much integrity, particularly in celebrity reporting. Yeah, because there's no reason to. No. People they... like drama for some reason, even if they, I don't know, yeah. Even yeah. if it's not true, which exactly. is the whole which is, even if you aren't one. Right. There you go, that works. So, anyway, in, in this... Uh, bridged diane good job using your vocabulary (laughs) they uh it it ends with a repetition of so light me up light me up light me up light me up so go ahead light me up and so on um she's basically saying like bring it on bring it on come at me bro bring it on (laughs) so um i think that's kind of that's kind of cool because obviously uh her use of repetition really places emphasis on that aggressive attitude towards like bring it on mm-hmm. so um any last thoughts on this song before we kind of we wrap didn't things? talk about the um sound she makes after the, the, the chorus the the boom no that's diane's favorite part of the song it's so very fun to i sing. guess she wants to share something interesting about it so well if you can you go back up in the in the document so she came up with the sound in a dream and she asked, she um, asked Max Martin, like, how do we make this sound happen? So they turned her voice into, like, this chord progression sound. So that's actually her, you know, her vocals voice yeah, doing that. Are you talking about at the very no. beginning? 
that goes throughout? No. It's throughout where it's like that. It's right after the chorus. I'm going to have to listen to it again there and see. Because, like, the one that got me was the one at the very beginning. It was almost like you creeping around like a mouse walking through a house kind of deal. The yeah, that one. That's um, a violin, hence the phrase play someone like um, a violin. Diane should replace Max Martin as the producer and and (laughs) make all these fun sounds for Taylor's next album. I'm not coming up with them. I'm just (laughs) well, neither did Max Martin, he's just the one that produced it taylor came up with the sound she wanted yeah so so about that boom boom sound is that like two stomps or is that a, a gunshot so sound good the boom boom yeah good. um it could be a clap it could be like well, it sounded like a, either a stomp or a gunshot those were the two that kind of came into my mind when it I heard does it. sound like a gunshot in a little way i mean i guess that would just sort of play into the idea of like there's a bad thing coming or there's a crime happening and it mm-hmm. goes back to the whole blood and the flames. So it's just probably another way to make this sound violent, I guess. I guess. But yeah. one thing, uh, that part made me think of another song because normally it usually does. I try to relate it to something. And what was hilarious is when I listened to the other song I was thinking of, the beginning, even that violin sound or whatever, has kind of a, a different version, but it kind of sounds similar. Uh, and that's MIA's Paper Planes, if you guys have ever heard that one before. Oh, yeah. Fly like paper planes. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? And then, I, I don't know this song. Yes, you well, do. Well, you need you to know forgot. this song. It's, right. it was, it's like probably like 10 years old now, but you remember it. I don't remember yes, it. Yes, you do. But, but one thing that's fun, if you want to do a playlist, put I Did Something Bad and then follow with Paper Planes and listen, and it, you'll notice some similarities between the two. I mean, musicians draw inspiration from one another all the time, so... Absolutely. There's only so many ideas out there in the universe. That's true, too. Um, what else you guys got? I really want to know, Steve, still... Is this... So, you still haven't listened to the whole Taylor Swift album? No, but what is good is now that the whole album is on Spotify, finally, I can create a playlist that just has the one song in it. And then I've oh, just added okay. other so songs to, to listen around things. that yeah. that are not Taylor's songs off Reputation. No spoilers. No spoilers. No. So you're really gonna wait till we so um, until we record next time. Yeah. Well, listen actually, to, don't blame me. Actually, I want to kind of do it differently next time. Okay. Because I, when we knew what we were gonna do on this episode, I started listening to it, but it was kind of a little little late to be doing that so what i'm going to do is since we know what song we're going to do next i'm going to start listening to it sooner like today well maybe not today because i i still want to enjoy (laughs) i want to enjoy this song for a little bit more but i'm going to do that switch probably probably next week i'll work into it next week your self-control is ridiculous it's impressive it's giving me a different perspective on this or you know more focus to a single song and i get more enjoyment out of each of them which is why we love it it provides right. different perspective for us um which is awesome so last thoughts on uh 
Are we going to rate this? Because we had people on uh, Twitter. I know. Get mad at us. They're like, you didn't rate it. How dare you? Well, I mean, well, Adam doesn't need to rate it because he just goes, oh, my God, 13 out of 13. Well, Love Taylor. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> how dare you? No, that's not how I go. I go 13 out of 13 because it is a literary masterpiece yet again, which I went through all the lyrics with you guys. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I think that... Her writing is just incredibly impressive, particularly compared to other garbage you find on the radio currently. Garbage. There mm. goes Adam. What do you mean? There is other garbage. <laughs> like, I'm so sick. Burning of- all the witches. No, I'm, I'm so sick yeah, of hearing songs that are about drinking and partying and having sex that, like, it's, it's quite a relief to see a song that actually has depth and meaning to the lyrics. That's true. How would you rate the song then, Diane? Um, on a scale of 0 to 13. Oh, I was going to do it out of 10. Dang it, now I have to adjust. Right. I'm going to do 10 out of 13. Shame on you. Only because I save 13 out of 13 for absolute perfection. And this song just isn't my absolute favorite. It's good. I like it. I like listening to it. I like the la da 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 that part. <laughs> but a song doesn't have to be your favorite for it to be perfectly written. Does the Does the... Does the theme match the tone of it? Does I think we have a different reason expressive for... of the emotion they're supposed to express. For me, I rate songs based on if they're my favorite or not. Okay, well, I rate it on whether or not they do what they're supposed to do. Okay. All right, Steve, what you got? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, let's go with an eight. Ooh. Yeah. Why? It's it's good. Well, part of the problem is. I'm having trouble with that overall theme of this song. Um, yes. Also, I, I liked Endgame. Comparing song to song by going one at a time, the best thing I can do is compare to the previous song. Mm-hmm. And I really liked Endgame a little bit more than this song. The song That's has its value and such, but I prefer Endgame, so it gets an eight. Hmm. I think they're both really, really strong. I think... Steve, you can't see this because I'm on Skype with you, but I'm glaring right now. Oh, well, that's good. Did I do something bad? Yes. <laughs> what were you saying, Diane? I interrupted you. Oh, just that I think that the first... um, Like, the first part of, you know, these songs... Uh, I don't know. Never mind. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we we should probably move on. Okay. All right. So um, just a couple little uh, reviews that we want to say thank you for that came from iTunes over the last couple weeks. Um, we've got Chloe the Swifty who said, I'm happy you're back. And then nice long comment. She's a longtime listener. So hi, Chloe. And thank you for the five-star review. Emma said, love with five stars. Thank you again for that. And then I saved the best for last because Rose gave it us five stars with the headline, Steve is great. Ooh, and a bunch awesome. of exclamations. Did you see that one, Steve? You, you did You did send that my way to take a look at there. He, wait, I did. So, she, sorry, she, she said, wrote... first off, I love your podcast. Second, I was playing trivia trivia crack i don't know what that is and it was the winning question and it was about the football play steve mentioned i remember that since i had listened to the episode a few hours earlier and won the game oh, thank that's you steve awesome. I had a... so Jeez, steve sports I... references are good i officially stand corrected steve if you want to talk about that footy footy football you can talk about <laughs> it yep that foosball all it right it comes in handy Excellent. with the trivia um and i also want to note that she uh put us in order of steve diane and adam so thank you, Ooh, Rose, for putting me second. Oh, thank you for putting You're me first. Second, 
Huh? You're always second, even when we introduce at the beginning. Yeah, but she she switched you and you and Adam. I am Adam. Sorry. <laughs> you and Steve. Well, that's because Steve won her the trivia game. So right. she put you last. I know. How does that make She sense? saved the best for last, right? Ah, oh. oh, thanks, Steve. Um, so anyway, thank you to everybody who leaves us reviews on uh, on iTunes there. If you head to taylortalk.org, that link will take you straight to our iTunes page where you can leave us a review, let us know what you think. Especially if you're new to the show, we'd appreciate hearing what you guys think. Um, you know, let us know, leave us a review, and you know, we'll potentially thank you on the next episode if we remember. Speaking of the next episode, the next episode is going to be on December 18th, so that's two weeks from now. If you have awful memory, I highly suggest visiting taylortalk.org and hitting that subscribe button on iTunes because that way it downloads all the new episodes immediately for you when they come out. Yes. Yes. So again, taylortalk.org is where you can find that. Other than that, if you guys remember, we used to have a segment on the show and we haven't had submissions in, in a while for it. We actually haven't had any submissions in a while because we've been off the air for a while. But we had a segment called What Are Swifties Listening To? where you guys out there that are listening to the show can share with us different artists and different songs that are totally your jam right now that are not Taylor Swift. So we can share them with the the larger community there. And back on episode 159, we had a listener named Liam uh, who submitted Callie Rohde as an artist. And she's, she's a good friend of the show. She's a good friend. Um, that was episode 159 back in November 2014. So three years ago, Liam submitted Callie. And I just wanted to give Callie another shout out on this episode because her first single just came out. It's called Party Favor. Um, it's incredibly relevant right now, actually. It, it's talking about having respect for, for women that you meet, things of that sort, not just going to a party, buying them a drink and taking them home for you know what, but um, about actually showing respect. So that's kind of a nice theme but the reason i'm giving her a shout out now again besides the fact that she's a, a friend of ours is that that single will actually be premiering tonight if you're listening to this when it came out and by tonight i mean december 4th at 7 p.m pacific time on radio disney and they're going to premiere it with an exclusive interview with callie herself that so, is so much awesome. fun and it's so exciting it's super it's super exciting i'm really excited to listen to it myself but i still wanted to give her that shout out I know the majority of our audience tends to listen to these episodes within the next several days, not the day it comes out. But if you happen to be listening to this on Monday, December 4th, again, 7 p.m. Pacific time on Radio Disney, they're going to be debuting Callie's new single, Party Favor, along with an interview with Callie. So that's super exciting. Definitely tune in and listen to that. Good. That was a mouthful. I ran out of breath there a little bit. You have to remember to breathe. It's very yes, important. must breathe. Yeah. Anyway, any last thoughts for the episode? Anything before we sign off? Think See you next week? Or yeah, next so next time, two weeks from now. Again, the next episode is going to be on December 18th. We're going to be talking about Don't Blame Me, which is uh, track number four. And I absolutely love that one. So I'm really, really excited about that song um, and getting to discuss it with you guys. So that'll be on December 18th. So for now, for episode 203 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast, hope you all enjoyed the episode. This has been Adam. Diane and Steve saying have a great couple week uh, weeks guys we'll see you all on December 18th bye 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 okay bye this podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift